We are on a mission, a mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X, and today I'm here with Josh and Marsha. Hi, I'm Josh Allen, vice president of clinical strategy. Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, director of marketing. Today we are super excited to be here with Aaron Dalton, assistant professor of pharmacy practice at South University, Savannah, Georgia. So how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So it's been a, a long time since we've seen you. I mean, with the exception of the recent pharmacy visit where Jeff and I bumped into you and it was like the happiest surprise ever. Because, um, I mean, we haven't seen you since uh, 2015 at Connect when you were with Moose. And I think that was, you had put in your notice like, hey, the husband's moving. We're moving. Yeah, absolutely. I came down here. We came down and ended up coming in late 2016, but yeah, it was, it's been a long time. And that was like the best surprise ever. <laughs> I've talked about it a million times. A million times. <laughs> yeah. I, I sent it to Joe. I was like, <laughs> and, and if you haven't figured out, I'm Josh and this is not. <laughs> yeah, no, Josh, Josh Allen. Have you, you haven't met Josh, have you? We haven't met. Nope. It's very nice to meet you. I've heard okay. a lot about you. Well, that's worrisome. That's worrisome. <laughs> It was all good. Yeah, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to yeah. catch up and do a Josh podcast at some point. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> introducing the host. Introducing that might be fun. Actually, we, we just kind of move a hot seat and like. Oh no! I, I kind of that, that's a good idea. Huh? We have yeah. the, the this would be jo- it'll be a Josh, roast. Josh it'll, end up, it'll end up being a roast. It'll be a roast <laughs> toast. A roast toast. It won't be all right. So let's Fair let's enough. go back to Aaron. I mean, I know that. You started with Moose, but apparently you were a teacher before that. I was. They have dug. They've dug well. (laughs) Yeah, I was a high school teacher for about five years before I decided to go back to pharmacy school. I did the whole I'm going to be a doctor thing, and then my senior year in college, the um, pre-med advisor wouldn't write me a recommendation letter. So I said, well, guess I'm going to pick a new path. Interesting. So I dropped all my classes and took three PEs and two arts. It was the best semester of my life. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was the subject you taught in high school? I taught biology, chemistry, and some physical science. So cool. they say I'm certified to teach physics, but that would be a dangerous day for anybody in the world. Yes. Yeah, me too. That was probably... I enjoyed biology. So you taught high school biology, like the first course? I did, you, yeah. Like, yeah. Where we did chromos- chromosomes and all that kind of cool stuff? Dissecting a frog, all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. I hated that. All right, so <laughs> it's you, gone virtual now. You hated that what? That was my like. I hated that day. I was the, like, this is so gross. The dissect the frog day. <laughs> yeah, and I was waiting for my kid to hit that point, my oldest, and it's now like virtual. It's an iPad, and they flip through the things. Right, because no actual frogs were harmed during this yes. exercise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how long were you at Moose? So I was at Moose for five years, including the year I was a resident. Okay. So I started in 2011. Wow. Did, so you went straight from residency into... And stayed on, yeah. Nice. And it was right at the end of residency that we 
put pioneer in the stores. And I all of a sudden became the pioneer expert. Not really sure how that happened, except that at the end of the week, when you're left alone, I was the one that kept calling the help desk. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how you become the pioneer expert, actually. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that was it. And, And also attending multiple connects. That was the best part. Yep. All right, so we're jumping around. I'm having trouble following. So I was the one who said this whole immersive thing. Yeah. But, I, but I, Just I, jump in. I, I need a train. I, I need some steps. You need some steps. I, I need All right, some, what, what I, is I your some, next question, I need Jeff? Some, I need some high school teacher. Then okay. I've seen a lot of drugs. Maybe I should help people with drugs. I, what What was kind of the move into into pharmacy? Yeah, so it was it was a okay, after 5 years it's time for me to really get back to what I really wanted to do. I still liked medicine. Didn't really want to do the med school route. I guess I'd figured out there was more to medicine than med school, and pharmacy was kind of a natural option because I was going to get to keep teaching because you get to see patients all day long and in a different environment than as a doctor and you also get to do the medicine part. So there just so happened to be a school in Savannah, and that's where I already was. So it just kind of became a natural fit. <clears throat> so with all the, the pharmacy rumblings now, if you could go back, would you go to pharmacy school again? Yeah, I would. I would do it again. That's the right answer for the podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah, because if there's any other answer, we'd edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're editing out anything else? No. Um, loved Savannah, by the way. Super ready cool. To go back. Like, City. Yes, I'm, I'm so yes, ready to I'm, go back. I'm ready to go back with more purpose now, knowing that you're there. Um, we never thought we would come back. We went to North Carolina thinking we didn't even get Georgia licenses when we left. That was stupid. <laughs> so you said we. Is your husband also a pharmacist? He is. And I don't know, Jeff and Marcia, if you even know this, but my husband's name is also Aaron. He spells it differently, but we met in pharmacy school and kind of have the same name. So it's kind of weird. Interesting. That, that is, you got two pharmacists named Aaron Dalton. All right. That's right. Actually, I know another couple that's like, they're not pharmacists, but I was at the wedding and his name was Brooks and her name was Brooke. Mm-hmm. Huh. So is he practicing? Is he a practicing he pharmacist? What, yeah. What, what, what scene? What, um... You're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we don't have to there's edit it out. We can talk about how miserable he is at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, there's the positive. He his job. <laughs> There's no focus on clinical strategy. We, yeah, we got oh, the yeah. lunch break. Yeah, that's okay. good. That's better than some of them. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've talked multiple times. When I was a Walgreens pharmacist, my lunch break was put my Snickers bar on the, say, the conveyor belt, and when it got to me, I would take a bite. That's about right. Yeah, he worked for Walgreens and CVS beforehand, so, you know. So he he's at Walmart, and you became a professor? I did. So that was part of the thing with pharmacy was that I went into residency knowing that I wanted to teach again someday. So there was an opening in Savannah and I had said, I'm not going to go like a lot of the community positions or there aren't a lot of community positions in pharmacy schools still. And I had said from the beginning, I don't want to just fit in and make it work. I want it to be communities. So when this came open and it was back in Savannah, I jumped on the opportunity with the hey, I'm just going to check this out. And then it was, hey, about that thing I checked out. So I got the job. <laughs> we need to move. Did Joe cry? So, did, did Joe cry when you told him? <clears throat> I would have um, He didn't cry my, as much as I, when I told him I was pregnant the first time. <laughs> oh. Okay, so 
Joe did well with the move, but not with baby. Yeah, he he didn't know what to do with the baby. <laughs> yeah, I think that was him too. It was <laughs> like Mark and I are having a baby, and it's like, oh great, where? How can I move? Yeah, we shared an office at that time. I'm like Joe and I shared an office at that time too. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> my wife got pregnant. I went to work. Right, I can go to work. That was at a point where Joe and Ashley and I actually all shared a desk. Oh, wow. And he would post up like three or four computers on one desk. And then when I was about eight months pregnant, I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley, Ashley and I cleared out the office and we bought three desks, which is, I think, kind of what's there now. Yeah, I, I can remember the most profound thing I remember was um, we were, Marcia was doing HR then and, and we were interviewing somebody. Oh, no. and, and during the interview, she had to, she got sick and had to leave. Oh, gosh. It's like, first trimester. Okay? I'm like, not sure that means you're getting the job. <laughs> first trimester, lunch is not always a sure thing. Okay. Yep. Well, I mean, did they get the job? No. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember no. what they got. I, 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 was, I was hoping there was a heartwarming story there. They're yeah. like, yeah, they're still here. <laughs> yeah. It no, was, I, uh, I came back in. I, like, I bolted. And then I came back in and sat down. And the person, <gasps> there was a third person interviewing with us. And he, like, screwed way away from me. I was like, don't worry. It's not contagious. <laughs> It'll resolve itself in nine months. <laughs> All right. So you went to the university in Savannah. Fell in love. Yeah. Right. Then you went to, well, that was where she went to school. You went to pharmacy school where you're working now, right? I did, yeah. All right, so so then you were resident. Now, how did resident from South Carolina get lucky enough to be a resident at Moose Pharmacy? How did that How did that happen? Or how did Moose get lucky enough to get a resident from South Carolina? Well, that's Carolina? true, but but he didn't know that till later, right? He didn't <laughs> know how lucky he was till later. I mean, I, I get those are, I think those residents are pretty competitive, right? Yeah, I was about to say, like, getting a residency with Moose or Amina, I think, is considered, like, the lottery You found somebody at your current college to write you a reference, right? Yeah, I guess the the craziest part of all this is I didn't know how lucky I was. Like, I didn't know the Moose Pharmacy story at that point. So I interviewed, I sent my application into a bunch of, we had strategically decided, like, parts of the country we wanted to live in. I was dumb, let's just face it. I didn't really research this very well. Good programs. Okay. So sent my application in and UNC has a bunch of programs in North Carolina. You send one application in, you check off at that point, which ones you wanted to interview at. So I got interviews at several interviewed in Asheville first. He was not my husband at the time, but it, it, we were engaged at the time. And I called him and I was like, Hey, we're Asheville was amazing. Start looking for jobs in Asheville. We're moving there. Went to Moose that afternoon. I was like, Whoa, Moose, that's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Start looking for jobs in Charlotte. He was like, you've got two more interviews tomorrow in Raleigh. Yeah, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off looking at this point. So luckily for him, I didn't tell him to go look for any more jobs. And it just worked out as a stroke of luck because it's not, as Joe Moose said in my interview, unfortunately, these interviews don't work out. I hand you a piece of paper and says, if I like you and you like me, check here. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) There's this whole matching system that we still had to go through. So, oh wow, yeah, the luck. match is intense. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, so they even if you want to go here and they want you, you might not be there. Right, because you have to rank everybody. Like you rank your choices, they rank their choices, and if those don't line up correctly, you go somewhere else oh, or wow. not at all. Yeah, and it's weird because if you – so when I, I ran the residency selection process at CVS when I was there in Irving, 
And um, if you, like, say you have your best resident, you rank them one, and they ranked you two, but someone else ranked you higher than they did, you get them and not your second choice. So you may end up with, like, your eighth choice if the match gets weird. It's yeah. a It's a weird statistical anomaly. sounds like it's a wonky algorithm. Yeah. So that's why you're like, if you're number one, pick number one, and that's what you want. All right, so you show up at Moose Drug, you get get accepted, and you're super excited, all we we matched, right? And you show up at Moose Drug your first day, and what? And Joe Moose sits you down. (laughs) (laughs) And he did orientation then, so it was fabulous, actually. Um, And then you realize that there's going to be a lot to do. And I I don't know, you're in the thick of it. So it was totally fine. Um, I guess you look back on it and you think, I'm not really sure how we did all those things in a year, but we did it. I guess you just do it. I didn't have kids then either. That made it a lot easier. Yep. (laughs) So um, spent a year, you know, working with the different pharmacies. There were only three at that point. So you didn't have to go to all million of them that they have now. I lost count. Um, and got to do a lot of cool things, um, figured out how lucky I really was that I landed there and that I was going to get some doors open because of that. And then loved it. So stayed there, wrote it out. What do you miss the most? I miss the energy the most, the constant excitement for something else. Um, the constant, we're going to try anything. Um, I don't think I realized how unique that was that you will jump in and try until you see other pharmacies that are a lot more timid to jump in and try stuff. So yeah, I missed that the most that sometimes that meant five projects a day, but that's okay because you were going to get to do a whole bunch of cool stuff. So, so did you take that back to your school and kind of work on incubating that in Savannah? Yeah. So I called Stephanie Ferrari at UNC before I took this job and I was like, am I have I lost my mind? And she said, no, you're just going to have to stand up and say in a lot of meetings, community can do that too. Hey, hey, we can do that in community too. Hey, we, we do that over here. We do that too. So, and it was totally true. Like that's constantly my tagline, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, I guess it was another realization that um, I came on maybe a little more gung-ho than people were prepared for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that's been fun to see other pharmacies. And then we got into flip the pharmacy. So that's been a really cool experience. Um, actually leaving my pioneer expert status and getting to play with pioneer a lot was a big, a big thing that I knew I was going to miss. So it's been fun to play with all these stores that had pioneer here in Georgia too. Um, and get back into the swing of things there. Nice. And how many stores do you have? So we have about 30 stores with Flip the Pharmacy in Georgia. And are and you, I, is that, are you the Flip the Pharmacy gal? Is that, so you have 30 kind of stores that you're helping? Yeah, Charlie Barnes and I um, co-lead the Flip the Pharmacy teams in Georgia. And I have about 16 stores directly under me that I coach. Um, COVID opened us up to a lot of virtual coaching, which was nice. So, cause we didn't, we didn't have a coach in like Northern area of Georgia. So because we had COVID and saw that that would work, we've been able to open up flip the pharmacy to the northern Georgia cities, which was nice. So that was kind of, so I I work with the flip the pharmacy cohort in Pennsylvania quite a bit. And 
their like their main cohort kind of exists obviously in Pittsburgh and then in Philly, but there's just so much in the middle and like a lot of rural areas. I'm I'm assuming you guys deal with similar in Georgia. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of rural areas. Um, and we've been able to get two of the four universities really involved with Flip the Pharmacy, which has been nice. Um, so I'm not sure that the dean fully knew what I was asking when I asked if if my practice site could turn into Flip the Pharmacy coaching. But luckily, he trusted enough that he signed off on it. So so that's actually my practice site now is coaching other pharmacies. So 50% of my job is dedicated to that, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's one of the, you know, and Jordan Ballou, very similar to that, where, like, she spent so much time really going out and working with those pharmacies and, you know, Stephanie in Pennsylvania. Like, it's just weird now, like, and this is the second or third time we've kind of had that. It's really cool to see pharmacy schools and academia actually going out and helping these pharmacies operationalize because it's, it's really kind of been, you know, not that way for pharmacy schools. It was kind of the, if you're not clinical, you're going to not exist. And seeing pharmacy schools put a lot of resources and time back into the community pharmacies is really cool. Yeah. And it's something that we've talked a lot about at the university because so many of our students are still going to end up in community pharmacy. Like my biggest thing is I don't want them to think that's plan B. Like Mm -hmm. it's plan A. I I didn't know a lot about community residency or advanced practice in community pharmacy. Even when I went to look for a residency, I kind of stumbled on it, but it was what I wanted. And I thought I was just going to have to settle for something else if I didn't want to work at continue working at Walgreens, which is where I was. Um, so I don't, I mean, I hate for students to come out and not know that. It's kind of a badge of honor to say you survived your tour at Walgreens. <laughs> Truth. So um, I am working on and ramping up and getting ready for Connect 2022. And so I'm kind of, I usually visit old pictures and that kind of stuff to kind of get ideas and kind of remember, oh, yeah, I wanted to redo this better. I came across a little gem, um, your oldest, of me holding your oldest, and she's just having a ball and checking it all out. And now you have three beautiful little girls. I do. Thank you. Yeah. My oldest actually got to go twice. I was pregnant one year, and she came yep. <laughs> the next year. So, um yeah, I have three little girls now, which is crazy, but so much fun. So line us up. How old? So the oldest is six. She'll be seven in September. Three and a half. The middle child is three and a half. And then the baby is 18 months. All right. And what are they like? How are they? They're all the same. They're different. They're all completely different. The oldest one is all princesses glitter and nail polish. Um, now, they're all very stubborn, but I mean, mm. they don't have, they didn't stand a chance on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the middle one, um, thinks that dinosaurs are life. (laughs) Yes. The middle one is a redhead. Dinosaurs are life. She will school you on them. She was schooling a friend of mine last night. And then the baby is just trying to keep up with everybody right now. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember there was an age, my kids with dinosaurs could tell you every name of every dinosaur. It's like they got obsessed with them for some reason. And yes. and and they knew there were some computer games they could play and they had the different ones and they would, I'm just like, why is your brain using, you know, it's just <laughs> like their little brain just want to absorb anything they can get and they just own it when they do it. It's just, it's crazy. 
it is. It's crazy that that's like, I mean, she's completely like a sponge for dinosaurs. I didn't teach her any of this. And if you don't say it right, she'll break it down too. She'll, she'll say, <laughs> say para, and you repeat it, Sora, Lophus. Yeah, and then she claps for you. So, I mean, you get a little positive <laughs> reinforcement. It's awesome. So you, teaching runs in the family, yeah. You, you, just, you just have to figure out how to bring that into Flip the Pharmacy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll just have Harper teach Flip the Pharmacy. Say, It'll be fine. Say clinical. Say. <laughs> <laughs> e, care, yeah. plan. And then you clap for them, right? <laughs> so, that <laughs> might be a little demeaning. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, kids can be savage. <laughs> yeah, what? Especially what, my what two. What could be his motivation? So, so interesting thing that I read on our sheet of paper. Um, you're this assistant professor of pharmacy practice, right? And right. I, I talked to a guy who was a Marsha and I were at the Florida Pharmacy Association, and, and an interesting guy who started a pharmacy in the '90s that's clinical only. Oh wow! He, he doesn't have any product. He, in the 90s, like 99 or so, he started a pharmacy that does just clinical. All he does is referrals with complicated uh, drug groups. And, and one of his interesting points was a doctor graduates and starts a practice. A pharmacist graduates and gets a job. Good point. Why doesn't a pharmacist graduate and start their practice, right? And – and, and, and as we talk about some of the things like NCPA and stuff should be doing is, is changing these mentalities about that, right? And, and some of those mentalities you started, you started in pharmacy schools, right? Hey, guys, y'all need to talk about when you're talking about going to work, you need to talk about starting your practice, right? I'm going to go start my practice of medicine, right? Because that's what yeah. we learn how to do is how to treat chronic disease through medication. Very true. Um, so that's super interesting. That and well, was interesting there. He was there talking about, you know, I might get into product. I think what a wild reversal <laughs> of that is that, hey, I'm a clinical pharmacist. And, well, you know, maybe I ought to dabble in, in some product, um, you know, whether the other way around. So super interesting guy out of Tampa, Florida. Matter of fact, he's the elected president of the Florida Pharmacy Association. But okay. it's one of those guys that like, I can't believe I don't know you, you know. Right. Um, so I'm going to try to get to know him better. But. It's interesting. It would be an interesting thing to uh, your next class with your students to kind of throw that out there and kind of, hey, doctors start a practice and you guys are talking about a job. What if we start talking about this as I'm going to graduate and start my practice? And, right. and does it change your mindset about why you, where you might go to work? That's an interesting point you make, though, because I'm teaching I teach an MTM elective and we build them up in pharmacy school to write these grandiose soap notes where in the soap notes they're saying, start this, stop this, change this dose. And 90% of them won't initially practice where they can do any of that. So then they come to me in MTM and, and I have to drop the unfortunate bomb that if you just send a note to a provider that you have no relationship with and say, start this or stop this, it's probably the end of your conversation forever with that provider. Like you're going to have to create a relationship before you can do that. So, you know, and this came from straight from Joe Moose, but one of the first things he did teach, maybe this is something that sticks mostly in my head or as a top thing, because I do talk about it a lot with students is, you know, finessing how you talk and what you say in order to, you know, catch more bees with honey. And it's something that we've had to do as pharmacists because we have to gain that trust with other providers in a lot of cases. Um, so, I don't want our students to get out and think that they're going to be able to, you know, 
do these exact things that we teach them to do in pharmacy school. So it, it kind of goes along with that, though. It's a job at that point. It, wouldn't it be similar, though, in the skill set of talking a patient into something? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it's similar, you know, teaching a class. I, I know my wife is an occupational therapy and therapist, and, and they had a class around um, – that of of how to motivate patients to do things they they don't want to do and and a lot of that is you know the patient doesn't have to come to therapy um they could say i don't feel good i don't want you know they can refuse therapy and you you know a lot of times you're trying to talk them into doing something that's going to benefit them and so you know i imagine that would be the same you know pharmacists need to do that with patients and pharmacists need to do that with doctors we got patient counseling classes but that was really like you just tell them, you know, here's the 10 things you have to hit by over 90 guidelines. And none of it's really about how you deliver that information. And so like, really, I think the first communication class I ever took was in business school. Huh. And like, yeah. it seems odd, you know, and even, I don't know how they teach pharmacy administration anymore, but it was kind of like, here's how to manage a pharmacy in a hospital. Do, do y'all teach a counseling class? Um, yeah, actually I teach it. So All right, it's, so, it's, so, it's, it's <laughs> We have but, a communications course. <laughs> so very interesting thing. And I don't know if you're doing it how, how Josh said, but um, we had a recent manufacturer's product that almost doubled adherence simply by on the zero fill, the pharmacist going over a prepared list of things with the patient. Drove uh, second fill adherence from 50. It's about 50 to about, about 50% to 100% in, wow. in our study of the second fill. And this is a brand wow. drug. Right. Yeah. So a lot of things we don't realize is that 10 things you're supposed to hit isn't helping them want to take the medication. Right. That there's a piece of that of its importance and things like that that really is more of the sales pitch. And this was put together outside of that. But what kind of money difference? You know, I think that the the you know, we paid the pharmacist like fifteen dollars to go over this. But their one year, if that person abandoned difference when the fifty percent and the hundred percent was it was like I think the pharmacist would make an additional like seven hundred dollars or something per patient. Wow. And that was wow. profit. That wasn't was profit like dollars yeah. and revenue. And the patient was treated. So these right. are interesting things as you teach counseling, it's not you know the, the counseling about adherence is explaining the the drug and it's just super interesting the things we're trying to do to try to re- rethink that. You don't the, hey, do they need help? Oh, do they want to uh, somebody talk to them about their drugs? Well, no. Okay, thanks. I got this other stuff. You know, let, let me let me let me wait for my Snickers, right? Right. That, well, that, that's an opportunity. That. <laughs> it's almost here on the bill. Yeah. It's time for my Snickers. Yeah. Well, you know, and like even with counseling, you, when you teach the class, you like, all right, here's the side effects that you're going to hit, and yeah. you're going to scare the crap out of people. When, if you read some of those side effects profiles first, you're like, hey, let me tell you about your drug. It's going to cause, and you get 30 ingredients down of all the bad things that are going to happen. You're like, and it's important for you to take. All they heard was the 30 right. things that are going to be horrible that you're yeah, not you going to start yeah, off with. The most the likely positive. thing that's happened is you're going to see right. improvement in this thing and this thing and this thing. And and it, and if you don't take it, you're going to see a decrease in this thing and this thing and this right. thing. And, hey, there's these really rare things that can't happen that – we got to tell you about, it, and we're going to talk really, really fast and right. soft. Wait, I mean, <laughs> and I, I used to go through, and like a lot of drugs will have like diarrhea and constipation, and I'd be like, "Look, these things get reported in trials. It is physically impossible for you to have both at the same time, <laughs> right?" Inappropriate so happiness like, was a side effect I read on a drug that was prescribed to me, and I was like, "All right, yes." And <laughs> and like that's called I mania. That's <laughs> called mania. All right, so let's talk about a week that Aaron might have. 
So, so tell us about what's a, what's a week look like for you in this amazing job of being able to do your love of teaching and help improve the practice of pharmacy. Right. Uh, um, so <clears throat> I guess a week looks like, uh, we'll start with the teaching. I teach generally two days every quarter just because that's how classes are set up. So a Monday might be half a day teaching and then half a day, you know, working with students on campus or something. I'm have a residency program too. I don't think I mentioned that, but, um, so in July we're doing a lot of residency startup and residency orientation, all that good stuff. Um, so that's exciting to get to work with residents still. That was something that I thought I might miss that I was a exciting benefit of the job too. So, um, and then generally three days a week, um, I get to create my schedule, which is also really nice that I get to spend time with whatever pharmacy needs. I spent a ton of time during COVID with all the pharmacies because I was working um, with Cody Clifton a lot, distributing vaccine. The day he told me Georgia got vaccine, I told him I felt like Oprah because I got to call pharmacies and said, say, you get vaccine and you get vaccine. <laughs> um, so... Um, so that, I, I think that's the most, well, I'm off the train here. I'm telling you what's fun, but, um, so that, so I spent about three days a week doing that and then, you know, mixed in with some administrative stuff or some class creation stuff. Um, when I taught high school, I said, I'd always know that I was still had my heart in teaching when I was never happy enough with how the class was being taught or the activities that were done. And I always wanted to recreate them and do them better. I think that's a curse and a blessing all at the same time because I'm always wanting to recreate something. It's never done. Um, and then, um, so I spend some time in pharmacies, spend some time on Zoom with pharmacies, and then generally teach one more day and spend some time with students. It was interesting that during the pandemic, I actually met with more students than generally come by my office. They would set up virtual appointments and we'd meet over the computer. Um, so it's almost like we don't see them as much when they're on campus, which is interesting. I don't know if somebody will study that at some point. Yeah, in the, the whole the, the interesting that the whole uh, visual meetings, um, I think there's going to be some positive things that come out of that uh, just yeah. because it's so efficient. You know, you have a little 10 minute drop in and I'll have to drive to campus and um, you can schedule it and things like that. So so what would be an example of something you did with a pharmacy this week? Is it um, this week or last week? Let's say last week. Last week is fine. So we're working on getting pharmacies to kind of switch from COVID back into, you know, what re new life, I guess, looks like um, and, and how that's going to look with e-care plans. So at the same time I'm doing Flip the Pharmacy, we're also doing stuff with CPES in Georgia and trying to figure out what like the first step is for some of those pharmacies. So um, I met with a pharmacy last week to talk about where that e-care plan is going to go in their workflow. So that's kind of, I guess, kind of where I really enjoy things is working through that with the pharmacy to figure out who, what players on the team are going to build that in. And I mean, this is pioneer language that I took from, you know, learning from you guys, but you know, the pharmacist is not going to do everything on the team and the pharmacist can't do everything on the team right. or it's never going to work. So, um, so that was what we talked about with one pharmacy last week was which technicians in their pharmacy um, kind of had a different mindset that could do some of these things and what things could they do. So we talked about blood pressure last week and any technicians that they had that were excited. And they were able to identify one right off the bat that they could 
put into that position really quickly and train them how to do blood pressure because they were dying to do some more stuff. So that's always exciting to get to see in pharmacies. So of your uh, Flip the Pharmacies that you visit, how many are Pioneer? Exact thing I was thinking. <laughs> um, actually, about half of my stores right now. Um, Working on the other half? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always saying, well, if you had Pioneer. <laughs> right. Just, just going to make it easier. Like, it is. Yeah. Um, even to the point that some some of the stores we saw at convention in, in June said, so if I had Pioneer, this would already be done for me. I was like, well, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I just got Pioneer, I was like, yeah, that's the end of the sentence right there. That is, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that doesn't hurt my heart. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time that I don't get paid by Pioneer, but you'll think I do after you hear me talk about it. <laughs> well, well, your life is easier. Your life Pioneer. is much easier. Yeah. So, and your yeah. life is easier. It would be easier helping them. So, well, and Pioneer listens. And that's a beautiful thing. Like it, we did. I mean, that was that was how I got to do so much with Pioneer. Was because when we got it, it didn't do near what it does today. Because you guys wanted it to do more, and we got to work together, which was so much fun. Yeah. So, good times. I do miss my trips to North Carolina. Yes, I know. I don't know. We've been there in a while. And, and now we can start visiting Georgia and follow Erin around on some of her pharmacy visits. We could. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about Savannah? Food. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We found a few places. <laughs> the food. Um, and I don't know. Savannah's just welcoming. I was telling somebody the other day, like, the downtown touristy area in Savannah has just as many locals. We visit those areas just as much as, right. you know, it's not mm -hmm. like the touristy area in some well-known cities or whatever that the locals never go to. We go to those areas too. And you're close to the beach. So that's yeah. always nice. Did you tell her about the, um, the mojito place? I was about to. Go ahead. So, uh, I, we, we did find this one place. It's called meant to be mojito. And they have really, <laughs> she, knows, she knows, the empanadas <laughs> were really delicious. And not to mention the um, little speakeasy, but meant to be bubbly, the blue, the, the, the door with the blue book. Yes. It, um, it looks like a know, bookcase. I know it's in some part there, I'm thing. assuming there was champagne. So the, so the front is an empanada and mojitos. Yeah. Okay. When you go down the hallway to the bathroom, there's a bookshelf. There's a bookshelf with a secret handle that opens into a totally different business, which is a champagne bar. Hmm. Yeah. And and he does champagne like all sorts of wild ways. So it's not just champagne. Super interesting guy yeah. from Hawaii and he had lots of stories to tell, but it was a very cool uh very cool must check, must go experience. Huh. So give us one of, do you have another place? What what's your favorite place in Savannah I like that kind of Oh my gosh, there's so many good places. And now that I have kids, I don't get to do as much anymore. But um, let's see. Well, we can we can we can live vicariously <laughs> for you next time we <laughs> okay, come. Okay, thanks. We can tell thanks. you about the fun things we do. That <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there are there's there are several little sushi places down there that are really good. Um, I like we sushi. did. Do you like sushi? Yeah. I love For my sushi. 40th birthday, even though my 40th birthday was during the pandemic, so we had to be pretty low-key. But that was what I did was I sushi hopped downtown. 
And nice. Like so you just fun. like a roll at a place? That's a great yes. idea. A roll like and a drink. <laughs> a yeah. roll and a drink. Oh, no. You, now you just hit. Josh is now. That's, now that's a great idea. <laughs> actually, I just right? I just thought of the other place that we, that we ate at in Savannah that is right up the Burrito Brothers aisle. Um, trailer Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if it yeah. didn't come across, I will do anything for a good burrito. Yeah. Okay. There's some other, there's a lot of good burrito places downtown. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very <laughs> cool, I don't know, you know, Woosa describes Savannah as, as kind of a clean New Orleans, but mm-hmm. it really mashes up a bunch of different places. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've actually it's never been. It's such a melting pot in a lot of ways. Too, I've never been cool. before either. Uh, it was really a, it was really a treat. Well, it got even better of a treat there. My son accepted a job in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. So, That's very, yeah, so, my parents used to live near Greenville. Um, they lived which, in Seneca for a while. Which I think is what about two hours away from Savannah. Yeah, it's maybe? not far. Yeah, so I imagine I'll oh. even get more opportunities to pop down to Savannah. Planning my over. next summer trip. Yep. Yeah, that's true. We could we could do a big family vacation to that area. It'd be fun. Hey, Kyle, nice to see you. We're gonna go to Savannah for yeah. the day. <laughs> it's there's a lot of like VRBOs and stuff like that that you can stay downtown and walk everywhere too. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that's hurt the that dream. You can put everything in a plastic cup in Savannah. Either. Yeah, we went on a tour bus. That, oh, yeah. that sounds like there's a flip the pharmacy tour in my future. Yeah, yeah we went on a tour bus <laughs> with Tammy with a T. So you ever oh, have, she was a hoot. She was a hoot, 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 hoot. She yeah, so she was, described herself as I'm Tammy with a T. Well, as if there was another way to spell <laughs> there Tammy. Was another way to tell Tammy. No, you know. she was like I I don't know what. Yeah, I I've, I've met some people with personality before, but she. That lady had some personality. Yeah, those tour bus drivers usually stick around for a while. She knew her deal. Yeah. So what's um what's next? Um, I think next is to figure out what what we do in the school of pharmacy in order to make sure that that students are more prepared for for this practice outside of far, outside of the. So how do you do that though? I I mean the, you know, the act collaboratives kind of pushing a lot of e-care plan and clinical stuff, but how do you push those kinds of ideas when you know 70% of your students are going to go out into the retail slash community world? Yeah. um, That's probably the $64 million question, but I think that Nicole Pizzino comes to mind when, and in Pennsylvania, whenever I talk about making students excited about um, community pharmacy, and I think she has like a cuss jar. If anybody ever says retail, like they have to drop a quarter in or something like that. And that's kind of the mentality that that I feel like we have to change. Like it's not it's not just a sales job. It's not just a like stick count and pour. Um, and I think if we can if we can change that mentality and that stigma, even then we've won a big part of the battle because we certainly give them the skills here in, in a pharmacy school. Right. They just don't go practice them. There's that word again. Well, and, and you see it, you know, the, the students are if that's what they start looking for. And if that's where they start going and that's what I'm looking for, community practice, I'm looking for um, practice in a hospital setting. And I'm looking for anything other than somebody reducing me to labor in order to sell product, um, you know, in a convenience store. Um, well, I mean, interestingly, I I think the fact that the there's pharmacy so saturated right now will be 
a positive in the long term. You'll see fewer people go to pharmacy schools, which should happen. And the ones that come out aren't going to have a job. So they're going to have to make their own. So kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, I don't know if there's an entrepreneurial like program that that's at the school, but getting kids to go into that and think about, all right, you owe a whole lot of money. You have to find a way to pay it back. You got to be creative. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the, you know, at the, at the school where I am now, it's a three-year school instead of a four-year school. And that was kind of a niche for a while that we were a three-year school. So we stood up. That's not as much of a niche anymore. A lot of schools are, are either opening as three-year schools or turning into three-year schools. So wh- what's our next niche going to be? And, and that's something we have thrown around a good bit of, you know, how do we how do we make students, I guess, to take a page out of Joe Moose's book, of give students that toolkit so they can take it with them. And whether that be, you know, exposing them to different certifications or different programs through the national organizations um, uh, to be able to sell what they can do for and and involving them in things like Act Collaborative and Flip the Pharmacy gives them exposure to that. So we're fortunate that we have a lot of those stores that our students can do rotations in where they do get to see pharmacy done differently in the community. And they're not just, you know, a technician that's just counting and whatever while they're on rotations. So All right. So the next million-dollar question that I oh, love goodness. to ask. Why is it not a $64 million question? Because <laughs> it's 164th is important. Okay. Like 64 <laughs> is like a 64-bit. That's like a computer number. So, so for the pharmacies, I mean, we've been around enough. We know that, you know, not all pharmacies are running at the capacity of, of like a moose pharmacy. Um, so for the pharmacies who are interested in doing more in their pharmacy, what would be your first words of wisdom for that pharmacist looking to get into flip the pharmacy CPSN? I think the first thing we're, we're having this conversation a lot right now. So I think the first thing is um, to get them to try one thing to get them to identify a technician that can take blood pressure or to get them to identify, you know, one thing that they struggle with or one thing that is a, is a pain point. And this is what, I mean, we learned this in North Carolina a long time ago. Pharmacies wanted to do this. They wanted to change, but it was, I guess, a light bulb moment at some point that we said they just need to see that they can't, they, they, need, they need a little bit of a roadmap to see how to do it. Um, and that is what Flip the Pharmacy has given us is is just an idea or a, a token, I guess, every month to say, all right, how could you rethink your workflow in one way to make this one little thing happen? And I think that's the hard part is that is you see the end goal, but how do you do it? How do you get there? You know, it's a long way away. It's a big chunk to take off. But if you can identify one little technician that can take a blood pressure and we stick on that. It's just like our patients. If you want to stop smoking, we don't do it cold turkey. We give you little steps along the way. So, yeah, I'll see if we're good cool. at breaking it down. What's the best time of year to come see you? And don't Probably. say what I'm feeling, which is any, but like, <laughs> okay, right. You want weather good, but no, good I'm just, no, I really think like between school, like would there be a time during school? Like we were going to come kind of experience some of, of what you're doing with Flip the Pharmacy and maybe uh, visit a couple of pharmacies with you or do something like that. When would be a good, yeah good time of the year for you? Um, well, we go year round, so is it, you don't want to hear round? any, okay. but any. <laughs> okay. That's so, the yeah. three-year school. You don't get a break. You cram four years of education into three. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't cut anything out. You just go all the time. Huh. Right. <laughs> wow. Y'all must yeah. be really smart. I didn't say that. 
Um, well, I, I think that it's 10. We got started a little bit late, but we'll, we'll keep wrapping up to wrap up the schedule. It was, it was, um, I don't know, saying it was great to see you again is, it was, it, was it so almost good. seems like, seems like not saying enough, but, uh, enjoy you so much and, and, and so happy, uh, you know, to think about the things that, uh, you did and we did together and, and kind of look forward to get to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was definitely a highlight of a lot of years for sure. When you guys showed up randomly in the pharmacy. <laughs> All right. Well, till we, till we meet again, thanks again. And thanks, thanks for you all guys. you do. Thanks for having me. Thank you. A lot of fun. Good to see you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you for watching the catalyst podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.